town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. If you would have sung that phrase and those words in the town of Bethlehem in the year 701, you would have been laughed at and quite possibly labeled a lunatic. It's here just 20 years prior, in the year 721 BC, there was a young pastor by the name of Micah who preached a sermon that predicted and prophesied that Israel, Jerusalem, would come under attack and the Assyrian army would lay siege to Jerusalem. We just read part of that sermon, or that sermon from Micah as our sermon lesson this morning. He says, get ready your troops, city of troops. A siege is coming. 21 years later, that happened. Under King Sennacherib, the great powerhouse of a nation of Assyria came, laid siege to Jerusalem. What did that mean for Bethlehem, the little town of Bethlehem? Well, it meant very bad, very, very bad things. You see, the town of Bethlehem was a little town. In fact, it was so little, it wasn't even a town. It was more of an unincorporated conglomerate of shepherd's huts that sat outside of the great city of Jerusalem. You, Bethlehem Ephrathah, you are the least. You are the smallest among the clans of Judah. Bethlehem wasn't even a city. It sat five miles south of the great citadel, the capital city of Jerusalem. Now that was the city to look to. There stood Solomon's temple. There stood King David's palace. And all around the city was being built the wall of Hezekiah, the wall, the fortress, the protection against the pending invasion of the Assyrians. So where'd that put Bethlehem? Well, it put Bethlehem on the outside looking in. When the nation of Assyria came, and they did, and they mustered their entire army to lay siege to Jerusalem, Bethlehem was in the middle of all of it. How still we see thee lie? No, Bethlehem was a restless mess when the siege of Jerusalem happened. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, Oh no, Bethlehem was engaged in a tireless battle for their lives. Bethlehem was on the outside looking in and quite frankly, there is nothing they could have done about it. Hopeless, abandoned, afraid, without peace, they sat on the outside looking in at everything that Jerusalem had, the wall, the security, the protection, the fortress, the peace. You ever sense that? You ever feel like that? Have maybe Bethlehem's perspective this time of year or maybe any time of year? Like you're on the outside looking in. You're in a place in life where you look and you feel like the place you're at now isn't enough. You're not enough. And all you do is wish, want that you could have that security, that peace, that quiet, that calm. But you're in the middle of a mess. 
you're on the outside looking in. You know, maybe you feel like you're on the outside looking in because your spending can't keep up with your earnings. And it's not like you're buying luxury items. It's simply that the cost of living and the bills keep piling up. And so you're standing in a place where you're constantly worried about how you're going to pay for that, how you're going to have enough. And you look in from the, out, from the outside, looking in to the place where you wonder if maybe I can just have a moment where I'm not worried about the next paycheck. Maybe I can just have some, just some money to spend the way I want. Feel like you're on the outside looking in. Maybe it's time. You feel like you just never have enough and you wonder where I can be in a place that maybe I can answer the question how you're doing without saying busy right away. You know, maybe you're in a place that you didn't want to be. You're on the outside because of your values, because of your beliefs, because of your morals. Your friends put you on the outside. And now that's where you are. You're on the outside looking in. You're different. You're on the outside looking in because your family maybe isn't what it should be or could be. There's tension. There's fighting between mom and dad, brothers and sisters. And you're not asking to be in a place that's like the, the Hollywood hol holiday family movie that's picture perfect. You just want to stay afloat. You just want some bit of normalcy in your life. You ever sense that? Feel like you're on the outside looking in? Maybe ask yourself, how in the world did I get here? Better yet, how in the world am I going to get to a place where I can experience peace. That's what Israel was asking themselves on the eve of their destruction. When Assyria closed in all around them, how do we get here? How are we going to find peace? And really, that's where the problem all began because they were searching for peace. They were looking for peace all over the place. King Hezekiah was a godly man, and he did a lot to point God's people to God. But when it came to his predicament of peace, his political problem that he was experiencing here, he didn't go to God. In fact, he went everywhere else. First, he went to the nation of Babylon, and he said, can you help us strengthen our borders? Didn't work. He went south to the nation of Egypt, and he made a truce. He said, can I trust you to come to our aid and protect us when Assyria attacks? It didn't work. So he went to Assyria. He went to the nation that was threatening to destroy him, and he emptied out their nation's treasury. He emptied out the temple treasury, and he gave all of God's gifts and then some to Assyria, hoping that they'd leave him alone. Just give us some peace. Tried to buy peace. It didn't work. Nothing they did, nothing Israel did help establish peace in Israel. Maybe in that there's something for us to consider. Where are you going to look for peace? That's the first question in your study guide. If you're following along, where do you go to search for peace? There's all the expected places that we go to look for peace, to find peace. Where do you look? Is it at home? Maybe you think, if I can just get home, or maybe 
create the sense, the feeling of what home should be, of what home used to be, then I'll be able to experience some calm, some quiet in life. Maybe you flee from home. You go to work. And you think if you can just get more done, if you can just achieve more, then you can be more. Establish some control. Where do you look for peace? Is it a bottle? Have you bought into the lie that another pill or maybe just a little more to drink can make you worry just a little less? Where are you looking for peace? Is it having things? Is it having more technology to make your life easier? Is it being right? If you can just establish yourself as the smartest person in the room, then you can feel some calm, some quiet. Is it sex? Is it overindulging on food? Is it receiving validation from social media? Where are you looking for peace? Is it someone? Is it your husband or your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friend? Are they the one that's supposed to provide you with the calm, the clarity in life? Where are you going for peace? Because I tell you, if it's any of those things, if your search for peace leads you to any of those things, you're always going to be wanting. You're always going to be wishing. You're always going to be searching for more. You're always going to feel like you're on the outside looking in because none of those things can establish peace beyond a moment. Nothing you do, no search you go on, will ever be enough to establish peace in your life. So stop searching. Stop searching because peace has been given. From the most unexpected place comes unparalleled peace for your life. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are least, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient days. He will stand and he will shepherd his flock in the majesty of the Lord, in the name of the Lord our God. The nation of Israel did not look, would not look to Bethlehem for a place to find peace. Bethlehem was beyond the backwoods. Bethlehem was beyond the boonies. But it was the place from which peace came for the entire nation of Israel. None of the religious right, none of the institutionalized church of Israel in Jesus' day would dare look to Bethlehem for the place to find power, for the place to find one who would deliver them. A savior, the Messiah from Bethlehem? No. But why did Jesus come from Bethlehem? It was for this. That at that place, at that point, at the place where all of our seemingly reasonable, seemingly logic solutions to establish peace fail, all the human ideas for how to get peace show themselves to be utterly useless, that Christ steps in, that God breaks in, and from the most unexpected place gives in our lives unparalleled peace. 
a peace that has the power to halt the hostility, a peace that has the power to remedy all the hecticness and chaoticness in our life, that's where we find peace. From the most unexpected place, God gives you his unparalleled peace, a peace that has the power most of all to stop the siege of Satan on your heart to stop the siege of Satan, to try to attack sin and place that into your heart. That's where peace comes from. Why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? It was to show us that from a place like that, God gives us his amazing grace. It's to show us that from a seemingly unexpected, seemingly unconnected place, God works in a mysterious way. That's how God reveals his grace. Out of an embryo comes yours for you, one who will be ruler and king of kings and lord of lords. From Nowheresville, Israel, comes one who will stand in the majesty of the Lord Most High. From a humble human man will come a shepherd who will stand and will guide you through the valley of the shadow of death and to springs of quiet waters. From Bethlehem, from a manger to a cross, a symbol of death, will come for you the gift of life. That's peace unparalleled to any other peace you will ever find. That's peace on earth and mercy mild. That's peace on earth, God and sinners reconciled. That is peace unparalleled. And now the promise that the prophet Micah spoke, the promise that peace will extend to every area that you know in life, well, that peace, that promise, that is yours. Come what may, come sadness, come sickness, come poverty, come pain, come stress, come strife, come you name it, peace is yours. Look at Micah chapter four or five, verse four. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And from that small place of Bethlehem, listen to this, and they will live securely for then his greatness it'll reach to even the ends of the earth. From an unexpected place comes unparalleled peace. But you want to know the really cool thing about this prophecy of Micah? The really great thing about Micah getting Bethlehem right? Oh, it's a lot cooler than uh, just looking at it and going, hey, would you look at that? He said Bethlehem. He hit the nail on the head. Now, why is it that there's such a big deal about this little town? You ever think about that? Why Bethlehem? It's because God, throughout all history, throughout all time, wanted to talk to all of his people. He wanted to talk to you. He wanted to talk to his nation of Israel. He wanted to talk to his people today. He wanted to say, I know you. I know your sins, I know your struggles, I know how your struggles with sins have made you feel abandoned, have made you feel alone, have made you feel like a loser. 
I know you, and I want you to know that all of that strife, all of that struggle points to proof that the greatest war ever waged is still going on around you, but it's okay. The greatest war ever waged is what our reading from Revelation is talking about. No human eye has seen it, but it happened beginning in Bethlehem. Heaven and hell began to duke it out for you. That old Satan, that old serpent came as a dragon and he wanted to devour Christ. He wanted to devour Christ in the manger at Bethlehem because he wanted you. He wants your soul still. We read it before. That red dragon was waiting to devour Jesus the moment he was born. But God invaded the world. God invaded the world and he came into this world in the form of a baby. And so when that that dragon swooped in and tried to devour Jesus, he missed. But he later got him. He later got him in the form of a man who hung on a cross. But unbeknownst to that dragon, he swallowed poison. And from the belly of the beast broke forth our Savior victorious. And yeah, he got his heel bit by that Satan, by that serpent, by that dragon. But he stood on his head, crushed his head. And by the blood of the lamb, you have victory in the greatest war ever waged. You have victory over sin, victory over death, and victory over the devil. Because Christ came, invaded this world in the form of a baby in the little town of Bethlehem. That's why Bethlehem is such a big deal. Because Bethlehem is the genesis of a war won by God's son. It's the beginning of a war that's already been won by God's son. It's the beginning of a battle that happened for your life, for your soul, that Christ won on the cross. And now his greatness extends to every area of your life for his rule is over your heart and over your soul. Though you might feel least among your neighbors, your friends, and relatives, for you has come one who will be ruler over all. For you has come one who stands and shepherds you and guides you in the greatness of the majesty of God. For you has come one to be your savior. So stop getting ready for Christmas. Start getting ready for the Christ. Stop searching for peace because it's here. In a little town of Bethlehem. A place for you. A savior for you. Amen. Amen.